In the next unit, we'll be learning about writing your own personal narratives. In today's audio recording, you'll be listening to me read Jack Gantos, a famous children's author, read a story called The Follower. And this story is really about, is about him when he was younger. And we can take away a lot from this short story. Number one, we can understand what Jack was like when he was little. And we can understand all the characters and the plot. And we can talk about that. But I want you to go a little deeper than that. Since we're writing our own personal narratives, I want you to take a good close look at this story as you hear me read it. And I want you to be ready to talk tomorrow about some of these things. Here are my questions. How does the writer transition from one moment to the next? What kinds of words they use? What kinds of words are you unfamiliar with? Be prepared to talk to your group about that. We're going to need some dictionaries to figure it out. There are also some idioms in this story. I want to talk to you a little bit about idioms on Tuesday, and we'll see if we can find them and figure out what they mean. I love how Jack Antos uses the dialogue in the story and sounds. He used some excellent, excellent word choice. He uses similes and metaphors. We can talk about what those mean too. So read carefully and also listen carefully to the story. Understand it at a deep level because on Tuesday, you are going to be listening, or actually you're going to be talking to your group and you're going to... Make sure that you all understand your story um, at a deep level. I'll be giving you a quick quiz, and I'll also ask you and your group to answer some group questions before we start the lesson on Tuesday. So listen carefully, enjoy the book or enjoy the story, The Follower by Jack Antos, and consider this a mentor text. A mentor text is... Uh, a story, whether it's a book or a short story or a poem written by someone who's incredibly talented. And you can use those texts to help you learn how to become a better reader and better writer. For example, um, if I wanted to learn how to be a better swimmer, there are a lot of ways to do that. I could go to a coach. I could go on YouTube. I could also get a mentor swimmer, someone who has a lot more skills than I do, and I can learn from watching them. That's what writers do. Writers learn from really, really good writers. And for this particular story, The Follower by Jack Gantos, you will be learning how to write not only for my lessons, but also by mentors, mentors of people that you look up to, mentor authors like Jack Gantos. So enjoy the story. Follower by Jack Gantos. My mother said he was trouble the first time I met him. His name was Frankie Pagoda, and he had just been catapulted across our yard like a human cannibal and landed badly in ours. He was moaning as I stood over him, not knowing what to do. He was on his back, and at first he wasn't moving, but slowly he began to gyrate his arms and legs like a stunned crab. Who are you? I asked. Frankie Puck. He slowly replied. Frankie Pagoda. He was in a lot of pain. And here's what was going on. His older brother, Scary Gary, 
who had already been in trouble with the law, had made him climb to the very top of a reedy Australian pine tree with a rope between his teeth. Then he tied the rope to the top of the tree, and Gary tied the other to the winch on Mr. Pagoda's tow truck. He winced the tip of the tree all the way down, so it made a big spring, and then Frankie held on like a koala bear while Gary cut the rope with a machete. Frankie was launched like the stones that the Romans flung at the vandals. I was in my bedroom, and Mom was in the kitchen. Both of us had windows that faced the backyard. Then we heard that first whoosh of the tree, and Frankie hollering, ah! That was followed by a thud and a very soulful moan, ah! And this is how we found him on his back with his arms and legs slowly stretched out. Are you okay? I asked. He slowly turned over onto his hands and knees. Yeah, he said, wincing, I've had worse. Mom pointed at him as if he were at a garden, as if he were a garden pest. He's a heap of trouble, she said to me. Then she said to Frankie, if you have to hurt yourself, please do it in your own yard. He seemed to nod to that. And I helped him up and he ran off. A few minutes later, that's a good transition for a story, we heard whoosh. Thud, ugh, he was back. Something is messed up with those people, Mom said, chopping up onions that evening. Something's wrong in their heads. Maybe there was something wrong with me, too, because I was different from Frankie, but still, the first moment I saw him in pain, it occurred to me that I kind of wanted to be in pain, too. That evening, my mother came into my room. If I ever catch you playing with that kid or over at their house, you will be in big trouble. This is just a friendly warning, she said. Why? I asked. He's a neighbor and will probably be a friend. You should not be friends with kids who are danger to themselves and others. I got some courage up and replied, that's what I love about him. She pointed a red finger at my chest. You are a follower, not a leader, she said bluntly. You are putty in the wrong hands. Don't get me wrong. You're a nice kid, but you are most definitely a follower. I sort of knew this was true, but I didn't want to admit it to her. Plus, A little of me still wanted to believe that I was strong, that I was my old man and a great leader. But within a week, I was Frankie's man, which was pretty scary because he was Gary's man, which made me low man on the totem pole or pine tree. The first time Gary launched me, I hit a car. It was an old Mercury Cougar parked in their backyard. 
It didn't have any wheels and sat in its belly like a cat, crouching to catch a bird. I hit the roof, which is like a steel trampoline. It dented down and popped up and went springing off the top. As I was in the air, I kept thinking, when you hit the ground, roll and tumble, and it won't hurt so much. This is what I had learned from watching the roller derby on TV. It was my favorite show and very violent, but the players always, always avoided massive, debilitating, and life-threatening injuries as long as they rolled and tumbled across the wooden track or over the rails and into the rows of metal folding chairs. So, as I flew through the air, I stared at the grassy yard and planned my clever descent. I hit the ground with my outstretched arms and, instead of bouncing as if my hands were shook, shock observers, shock absorbers, I collapsed into the ground like a piece of space junk. Oh, I dislocated the fingers of my right hand, bruised the side of my face, and sprained my right shoulder. I limped home, hunched over like Quasimodo, and went straight to my room. A few minutes later, there's another transition. I was barking in pain from lo- relocating the joints, relocating the joints in my fingers. I was so afraid my mother would see my bruised face that I stole my sister's makeup and powdered my bruise. At dinner, I couldn't use my right arm. It hung limply by my side like an elephant's trunk. I must have pinched a nerve on contact with the ground that left my arm paralyzed, perhaps for life. I ate with my left hand and food kept falling down my chin and shirt and onto my lap. What's wrong with your arm? My mother asked. Nothing, I mumbled. She sneered, stood up and came around to my side. She grabbed my arm and pulled on it like it was a starter rope on a lawnmower engine. Something deep inside my shoulder went pop. Ah, I sighed. The relief from the pain was heavenly. You are as dumb as a post, my mother said. I'm warning you, don't play with that kid. He'll lead you to your death. I couldn't help myself. The next day, I felt pretty good, and my teeth no longer throbbed when I breathed through my mouth. As soon as my mother went into the bathroom, I ran over to Frankie's house. His brother Gary had rigged up an electric chair with a train transformer. He ran copper leads from the transformer to chicken wire on the other chair seat and duct taped it down. Don't be a chicken, he said demonically when he saw me. Take a seat. I did, and it was torture at its most challenging. And when I got home, I looked at my naked butt in the mirror, and it was singed with the same chicken wire pattern This was that was on the chair. Wow, I said, pretty cool. The next day, my mother did the laundry. She came to be with my pants which was singed with the same wire pattern. You do not have to tell me how this happened, she said. You just have to stop. Whatever drives you to do this stuff is a sickness, so I'm grounding you for a while until you start displaying some sense. Maybe I was sick. Maybe I was a follower, but I couldn't help myself. I wanted to sneak back for more. I was thinking of crawling out the window when I looked over at the pagoda's house and Frankie had his bike up on the peak of his roof. He was poised to pedal down the slope and land in the pool, which was quite a distance from the eaves of the house. Go, Gary demanded. Frankie did. He pedaled as fast as he could and yelled all the way down and then was in the air. 
My vision was blocked by a bush, and instead of splashing sound, there was a springy metal sound of his bike hitting the concrete patio and clattering around. In a minute, Gary was hollering at him to stop being a sissy and get up, and the dent in his forehead wasn't anything to cry over. I rubbed my hand over my forehead. Perhaps a little dent of my own would look good, I thought. The ambulance arrived in a few minutes. After some begging, Mom allowed me to visit Frankie in the hospital, and later, once Scary Gary was sent off to a special program for dangerous boys, I even snuck over to Frankie's house for a few times. He recovered just fine, and because he stopped being doing dumb things for Gary, I stopped doing dumb things for him. He was a follower too, like me, and when you put two followers together, nothing really bad happens. We didn't get hurt for a while or do anything too stupid. About a month went by before I secretly hoped Secret Gary would return home and rescue us from being so dull. I was bored out of my mind. <laughs>